warning. Content on this show may be offensive. This is the Perfect Ten Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I am so happy to be sitting next to Ebo Brewer today. Hi. And um, okay, so Ebo, I just love talking with you. So I just was like, we're gonna just sit and talk because you're fucking so damn funny. Ah, thank and you. I appreciate that. Sitting, I'm a comedian. He's a comedian. He, he tells jokes. Yes. That's how we met. Yes. We met in, really just in a car, right? In a car. We met in a car. Which happens a lot. We yes. get, get two comics, get on a gig yep. together. And we get in the car. And uh, and then you, and then I go, I hope this one doesn't rape me. Yes, and I, I, I don't rape. No, you don't. You're not I rapey. Don't. No, I'm not rapey at all. No. You I told me early. straight up when we got in the car, you're like, I won't rape you. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, you got to do that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm a large black man. That's, that's my disclaimer. I will not. Hello, my name is Ebo. I will not rape you. Yeah. How is your day going? But then I'm like, I might rape you. No, I'm all good. <laughs> I, a rapist come in all shapes and sizes. Yeah, I mean, I, it'd be hard to rape me because then I have to not be into it. Because so, it's it's not rape. If like you're like, hey, go ahead, hop on, on, hop on. You kind of. Well, you didn't. You disappeared for a little while. You and I, we did this uh, gig. Mm -hmm. Super cool. We're hanging, we're talking, mm -hmm. laughing, and yeah. then Ebo's gone. Poof. Yeah, Ebo. Disappeared for a little while. And then you turned back up yeah. a couple months ago, mm -hmm. and we did another gig together, which yep. was such a treat. It was for homeless vets. Mm -hmm. um, and then I heard where you've been for the past few months, and I was just like, holy fuck, Ebo. Yeah. yeah, been on a ride this year. Yeah, yeah. It's uh well, I mean, it's been a ride that's been lasting, you know, a couple uh been a few years I've been with this this ride, which is uh the balance of my personal life and my comedy. And while comedy's been going great, I've been doing good in my personal life, things went to shambles. I had a lot of things going on. So, um Do you feel like in life it's I one thing that um, I do a lot of reflecting on is that you, it's really hard to have everything in your life at any one given time. I feel like if you're in, a, if you have a great relationship, like and you're totally into somebody and they're into you, and you're just on cloud nine, some other part of your life is completely falling apart, mm -hmm. or you know you're you can't have like a lot of money and like I just there's just all these leveling forces in in the universe that I mean have you do you ever feel like you could ever have all those elements in place at once? It's, it's I do. I mean, I feel like it's, it's possible. Because, I mean, I fucked everything up. So, if I could fuck it all up, then, then you can have I can it all have every, everything. Like, that's the, I mean, if there's balance, Yeah, so if you can I have can all both. of if nothing. I could, if I could destroy everything, then I could build everything. When you say if you, you know? could destroy everything, describe to me that point and what that meant. Um, well, I had a drug problem. Um, for quite a while. Um, first, it started out with cocaine when I started doing comedy and stuff like that. It started with cocaine? Probably started with alcohol. Before I they, was going to say, yeah. yeah. I, you know what? But I, the problem started, like the, the, the noticeable problem started with, with cocaine. cocaine. Tell me, okay, here's the thing. I've never touched cocaine because I think I would absolutely love it from what it's been. Yeah. It sounds terrific Delightful. yeah delicious like everything about it would like whereas i've smoked pot and i've done uh, other things i don't even like drinking very much i'm a i'm a fun drunk i i kind of get a little crazy so i just work i've never tried coke what what precipitated you starting it 
Um, somebody had some cocaine. And you decided, I just want to try it? Yes. Randomly? And then, and that was it? You just fell well, in mean, love with it? or? Like, uh, somebody had some cocaine, and I was like, hey, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm doing some cocaine. Were you already buzzing? Were you already drunk? I'm to try that. Well, I was always drunk. Okay. Um, I had untreated PTSD, like when I came back from Iraq. How like, long were you in Iraq? Um, for six months. Dude, I was in Iraq for like a week during the beginning of the, one of some of the first comedians to go in and perform. Mm -hmm. um, and I came home and I got back to the into a hotel room and I didn't leave for like three days. I didn't want to walk outside. And that was just a week of being in Iraq. And because I mean, we heard mortar fire and all kinds of stuff because it was during the height of it all. Yeah, I can't, I can't I can imagine. Really? Yeah, because we were right next to an um, artillery battery, and it was constant. Yeah. And oh, it's terrifying. I mean, you kind of just shut off when you're over there, you know? You got a mission to do. We're trained for this. Right. So it's, oh God. the training just takes over, and you just become like a machine. And everybody, there's no more people. For me, I can't speak to every veteran, you know, because I didn't have any. Like, some people turn the Iraqis into, like, these monsters, like they turn them into like, you know, villains in order to justify killing them, you know, and I didn't do that. I just turned everyone into a target. The war to me wasn't about right, wrong or anything. It was about a mission that had to be completed and I had orders and everybody in the country was a target. Jesus. Everyone. You just made so. me like, <gasps> it's. So you just, you just, you just complete missions. And you eliminate targets. Oh my gosh! And I don't think you don't think about it when you're doing it at the time because it's just work. And then when you get home, the human, like I, I like to describe it as, um, my soul. Like my body was an apartment that my soul lives in, and when I went to Iraq, it was like my soul stayed in the United States. So my body went to Iraq, but my soul didn't go. And so when I came back to the United States, my soul came back to the apartment like, what the fuck did you do to this place? What are all these memories? What is this? What is this shit? Like, what did you do? What did you do? So once I got home, then it was like, what did I do? What, what have I done? You know, and it was just guilt, shame and fear and um, anxiety. And, you know, just I felt like someone was coming for me all the time. And I don't know if that was just the always being alert of being in Iraq, but also the guilt from what I'd done from all the people that I killed. So, do you, do you think the the age for enlisting should be older? No. I think about all the shit I did from like eighteen to twenty one, and I'm like, man, like if I had gone into the military, like I don't know, you people are just. You can kind of be told what to do. I, I think it yeah, should be I mean, at least the purpose of it. At least I mean, twenty-one, maybe. That's what you want in a military. For sure, for sure. You want people at the height of their physical fitness. You know that shit keeps you alive, being physically fit. You know your mental acuity is there. You know, like you're you're at your best, and that's when you're. <laughs> that's that's when you can do some good killing. So that's what the military needs. And it's not about, nothing about the military is about you, you know, about your well-being, how you're going to be. It's about the mission. It's about the country. 
and nothing, n- nobody gives a fuck about you. You're just a tool, you know? And that's, you know, people, a lot, that's why a lot of veterans feel betrayed. I mean, I don't feel betrayed. I knew that was the, I knew that going in. I knew I was, I knew this country didn't give a fuck about me because I grew up in the Midwest and I'm black. I know, I know this country doesn't give a shit about me. So I was going to try to get what I could from the military. But a war happened to break out while I was trying to get my, get, <laughs> while I was trying to get my money from the government. A war happened to break out and then I had to do what I signed up to do. And I'm a man of my word. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. So Bush said I had to go kill these people. I'll fucking kill them. So that's, that's it. And I didn't, when I come back and, you know, people treat me a certain way, it's like, that's, that's, that's human nature. You know? What do you mean treat you a certain way? Well, they look at you like you're, like they're afraid of you. And a lot of the times, like, they'll say things just because they feel like they're supposed to say it. Like what? Like, thank you for your service. Like, but they're not, they don't really mean it. They're just saying it like, you could see it in their eyes. They're just saying it like that's the knee-jerk reaction of what they're supposed to say. Some people say, say it like, oh, yeah, you know, we're talking. It's like, oh, yeah, this is the Marine Corps. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, what was that? Oh, thank you for your service, by the way. Anyway, you know, like, that's just, like, you don't thank somebody, by the way. <laughs> I mean, if you thank me, thank me. If you don't, fuck it. I didn't fight for you, you know? I didn't fight. Like, I didn't want to go. So, I mean, I'm not going nowhere to fucking fight for anybody's freedom. And I don't even think I fought for anybody's freedom. You know what I'm saying? I was willing to fight for somebody's freedom. That's why I joined. But I don't think I actually freed anybody. You know? So it's like, I, you don't have to thank me. I don't think I really did anything for you. I want to personally thank you for keeping your word. That's yeah. well, people even to the government. That's fucking. Say. That's dope. Yeah, I mean, probably don't say anything. Cause here's the here's the crazy part. Like, and and when we did that gig, it just really resonated with me because, I mean, I've done many gigs for the military, right? But that's the first time I've ever gone into a, a shelter. It's a facility for homeless people, and they're all military, and they're the same guys that are out on the corners. Right, yeah. and and they're all addicted to substances. Well, here's the thing. And they all they they because a lot of substance abuse isn't that directly related to combat. Is directly related. Really? Is, is not directly related to combat. Like, um, a lot of veterans that commit suicide haven't even been in a combat theater. Um, what happens is is they spend months creating this person you know like for a marine it's 13 it's like it's 13 weeks they like they, break you down they, and reprogram yeah. you yeah it's 13 weeks they spend turning you into this killer <clears throat> you know they always remind you because i joined the marine corps i'm a marine so they always remind us you're no matter what you do in the marine corps you're you're a rifleman every marine's a rifleman so Know your weapon, love your weapon. Your weapon is your appendage because you're a fucking warrior. And your main mission in life is to close with and eliminate the enemy. And they drill that shit into you for 13 weeks. But then when they're done with you, they give you one week to readjust to society. They give you a one week. What do they do in that week? Just fucking tell you. I don't even I don't even remember it. I just spent most of that time um, going to 
do appointments to get ready to get out, but it's like they have like you meet in a theater for a couple days and they talk about shit like after so trying to get a job 13, and you know hold on, like, so it's yeah. thirteen weeks of training and then six months of intense like I'm in Iraq in the shit and then one week back. And then boom. Well, I mean, there's the five years of being a Marine. So you were, but were you stationed? So you were in Iraq for six months. Were you stationed in other places for the five years? Well, five years, I was in Camp Pendleton. Okay. Uh, what was your job? Um, direct air support. Um, what we do is we call, we call in airstrikes. Like, you know, when you see guys on the movies and they're like, I need somebody to come and get brother. I need somebody. We're getting fucked up here, man. We need some. We need some birds on station. You know, in the movies, uh-huh. where they call it, and then all of a sudden the plane's flying. And they're like, "Yay!" Um, yeah, they're calling me, and I'm not very far away. Like before I joined, um, I was trying to be an air traffic controller, and my recruiter was like, "Oh yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. It's not the fucking same thing. It wasn't the same thing. I wasn't working on the flight line in the tower. I wasn't getting that. I was in a goddamn tent." in the middle of the desert, and the enemy was right fucking there. So it was like not what I thought it was gonna be. Well, and, and your reflex reaction is gonna save or not, like the outcome of that situation is every second probably is like. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. gotta get the, pro- like, you have to make sure you get everything right. Like you have to be perfect. There's no room for error. You know, so, there's like when you process a request for error, you can't miss up, mess up a number. I mean, it ain't like working at fucking Kinko's. You know? <laughs> it's like if you mess it's up something, somebody's gonna die. That's why, like, when I got a job, when I got out of when I got out of the um, Marine Corps, I didn't give a shit. Like, people would be stressing about like customers. I'm like, hey, is anybody shooting at us? So why don't we just calm the fuck down, all right, and just chill? Nobody's gonna die here. This guy's not going to die if he doesn't get his ink cartridge. I know he's a douchebag. <laughs> yeah. And he thinks it's important. But we're in L.A. Somebody's, but it's not important. Yeah, somebody's very self-important. In, um, well, let me. So, like, when I saw you, you had just got, you were, well, right now you're living in a VA, right? Mm-hmm. And you've been, how long has it been since, that you've been sort of, like, in and out of homelessness? Um, in and out of home. Like I had an I Did I say that right? I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I had an apartment for two years. And before that, I was homeless for two years. And now I'm currently kind of homeless, but I live in a place. But it's not like a home. It's like a... Is it kind of like the facility where we did the gig? No, it's not like it's that. It's nicer than that. It's nicer than that. I got my, my own room. It's like... It's like an apartment in Koreatown. Like, you know, those little, small, bachelor But it's in, it's in a whole building with other... Yeah, with other veterans and stuff like that. It's basically a transitional housing. It's like to go from being homeless to having an a apartment. What they do is try to get everybody an apartment. It's like, you know, the whole initiative to get homeless people... I mean, to get veterans off the street and get them into housing. But their first priority is to... Like, here's the thing. They kind of make it like... It's almost like a revolving door because they help the most fucked up people first like if you're almost okay they don't they're not gonna fucking help you you know but if you're sitting there just shooting heroin in an alley and all fucked up you got three teeth left they're trying to get you in an apartment right away and you're not gonna keep that apartment 
you're you're all fucked up, man. You 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 know you you don't got a job. You don't got nothing. But they they want you. You know what I'm saying? He's like, oh, he needs the most assistance. But somebody who's got a job or going to school, or you know has an income, but just doesn't have enough to get an apartment yet, or has messed up credit or something like that. They're like, oh, well, you gotta figure that shit out. So, you know? were you actually? I know you said that you had um, some nights that you were actually on the streets, like. But then, mm -hmm. yeah, how how much time was that? Because that that was you, maybe that you were in dire need at that moment, right? I was. I mean, a lot of times I was on the street. It's because my choice to be on the street. Why? Because I wanted to get drugs, and they were at the street. Right, and you couldn't do drugs in the facility, right? Nope. They kick. Would they just kick you out? Um, or you just. Yeah, most of the time. Like, if you do drugs in a treatment facility, yeah, they'll kick you out. So you, know? you went from coke. Did did you did it progress to? Crack. See, what happens is, I was doing rock star shit as a comedian without rock star money. <laughs> so I couldn't do coke like celebrities do coke because I don't have celebrities' cash. So in order to maintain my coke addiction, um, I had to switch to the much cheaper and more alley available crack cocaine. And then things went off the fucking rails, because crack is not cocaine, like not powder cocaine. It's it's way more intense and short, and you need it all the time. It's shorter than regular cocaine. Shorter the than regular cocaine. Shorter meaning it's the high. It doesn't last as long. Yeah. It's like so. It's like five minutes. Yeah. Oh my god! And then you like, immediately never need to that. get more. It's like it's like fifteen minutes if you're like a regular sized person. Wait. So wait. A five minute high, and then how long can you go before you like need it again? Like I mean, I mean. Five minutes. Five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> like most of your life as a crackhead is trying to get cracked. That is like yeah. Like that's what you do, and that's why crackheads are always crackheads are some of the most ingenuitive. Like I don't I don't think that's a word. Uh, innovative, yeah. Right. Me and Indiana got it. <laughs> this is one of the, the crackheads are some of the most innovative people you'll ever meet in your life. They could figure out how to do anything to get high. They'll figure it out. Like, Until you meet like, a tweaker. Explain, me, explain to me one of the most innovative ways that you were able to get your hands on some crack. Um, it was when I was. Um, a touring comedian. I'm not gonna say what city. I'm not gonna say what club, because I still want to work with you guys. I'm not doing crack anymore. So uh, been sober for a while now. Um, but I was in a city, and uh, what I did was look. You know how like when you buy a home, they have like um, they grade neighborhoods. You know, and then they have like a crime map that's the overlay over the neighborhoods. So I looked at the neighborhood grades in the city I was performing in, and then I looked at the one that had the worst grade, then I looked at the crime mapping, and then when I saw the burglary, robbery, you know what I'm saying, drug possession, all this stuff like that, I'm like, fuck, that's where I wanna be, get there. So if I can get to that part of town, then we know our people, so you just look and do like, You know, you know, hey, man, you know, I can get some rocks. So that was the most innovative. I mean, but you had money to what to get it. Mm -hmm. 
because you were doing a gig, mm -hmm. did you ever not have money and yes. then need to get it? Yes. And then that would seem like where you have to get super creative. Well, I didn't have super creative, didn't have to get too creative because I hadn't lost everything yet. So, um, I just sold my shit. I just sold everything. I just sold everything I had. To try like, and I get. sold my Xbox. I sold my, um, I sold my Xbox. I sold all my Jordans. I sold my TV. How much does um, one hit cost? What, what size hit? Like Five minutes. Something to get you high for five minutes. I'd say, well, the, the smallest you can buy. Um, Is it like Costco? If you buy in, in volume, it'll be cheaper. Yes. <laughs> okay. It works like that. If you buy in volume, like if you, it, it depends. Like, because everybody's trying to cheat you. Because most of the people that you buy from smoke crack too. So if they don't know, if they know that you don't know what the fuck you're doing, they'll try to cheat you, you know? But once you've been doing it a while, you know what $20 rock looks like, you know? You'd be like, hey man, what the fuck is this? Give me motherfucking crumbs, you know? <laughs> you know, and so like, but if you buy more, you know, and you're, you, you, if you buy more, then you can increase your credit with, you know, said drug dealer. And I had outstanding drug credit. Like, uh, if, uh, if I could put that shit on my credit report, I'd have been great. Because <laughs> I was able to fucking... Did you ever write any uh, good, a good joke on crack? Um, no. No? Never. Well, why were we writing jokes? Or perform crack. on crack? No. I was trying to get crack. On crack. Everything was about crack. Like, right, right. when I was smoking crack, I didn't perform because I didn't want, and plus, crack isn't cocaine. So, going around people on crack is not something you want to do because I was ashamed of what I was doing. I was ashamed of myself. I didn't want people to see me like this. You know, I didn't want to be on crack. You know, I didn't want to be a crackhead. You know, and I was, I was dead. How, I was many, definitely how ashamed. many months were you? You mean years? Years. Two. Two years. Yeah. Well, you didn't tell me the cost, the average cost of, of a hit or a, of a high. I'm, I'm probably not phrasing that right. Yeah, so no, because that doesn't make any sense. Cause the average because cost, the average cost is everything you have. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because you're going to spend every bit of it yeah, to get that. Yeah, the average that. cost is and everything you have. Right, that you makes know. sense. Um, but there's, uh, most people buy uh, uh, a nick, a dime or a dub. So a nick is $5 rock, which is like fucking nothing. You know, it's just something that, it's like once you've lost everything, all you can scrape together is $5. And most drug dealers won't even sell you a $5 rock. They'll be like, man, you better come back when you got at least 10. So what do you do like in between, like you just, that's when people go like, oh, right? Cause you absolutely have to get it or? That's when you, do whatever you can to get money. Right. Like women, they have a thing that they do. Sometimes dudes do it too. Like me, that's how I knew I needed to stop. That's how I knew I needed, because there were two things that let me know I needed to stop and get my shit together and get clean and sober and get back on my trajectory. Is because I noticed there was nobody else my age around the people that I was smoking crack with. You know, they were either very old or very young. 
There was nobody in my age range. And then it dawned on me that, oh, everybody my age is in fucking prison. There's are, no, like, they're dead. Prison. prison. They're not dead. Crackheads last a long time. Because <laughs> oh. you see all these old crackheads, this is old cracks. They're, the people my age are in prison. Oh, yeah. Because they, 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 they don't, they don't, you're not, it, we black, man. They're not sending us to like rehabs and, and giving us drug diversion programs and stuff like that, man. They putting us in fucking prison, you know? Did you ever get arrested for it? Mm-mm. Okay. So I'm like, that's, it's like, I'm going to go to prison. Like, if I keep doing this, I will go to prison. It's not, I might, or I could. The moment I get arrested, I will go to fucking prison. That's the way the system works, mm-hmm. you know? So, and also, the, the very last hit I took, the first thing that popped in my mind afterward, after I finished that last hit and I needed another one, was like, okay, it's time for me to start robbing motherfuckers. I gotta do something. I gotta do something to fucking get another hit. And I'm too big to be sucking dick. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I could, I don't have so to. So it was the idea of robbing somebody that, that not the idea of sucking a dick that. I don't, I'm not gonna <laughs> suck a dick, man. I'm 6'3, I weigh 350, man. I, got, I, got, I could fucking, I could take somebody's shit. Right. I don't gotta suck nobody's dick. Right. I'll just take your shit. You know, I'm like, hey, man, cause, no, I'm like, give me your shit. I'll beat you until you fucking don't have it no more. It's and that's, that's in my, that's in my skill set, you know, is to rob motherfuckers. So, and that's also something that'll land me in prison. And one thing, because I've been in jail before and it was for like DUIs and stuff, but one thing that, that bothered me about the whole process of being locked up was the complete and utter loss of freedom and the inability to make choices about my own life. You know, somebody else was in charge of me. It's so And ironic. that shit is fucking horrible. No, so, you know, you fight for freedom and now you're facing losing all of your freedom. Mm-hmm. That's a bizarre churn of events and probably a lot of military are homeless in the shelter and then also locked up in facilities prisons and such because of this exact same. Well a lot of us we don't know how to deal with you know because a lot of stigma when it comes to um, treatment and you know getting you know help because you're you know I was a marine I was supposed to be able to figure everything out you know adapt and overcome that's a motto you know, so I'm supposed to be able to attack any obstacle that I have. And I, there was an obstacle that I couldn't overcome. And it, it, I was ashamed of that. And I didn't want to face that, that I couldn't take this thing out on my own. Wow. So I, um, that's what a lot of veterans deal with. You know, you, we're, we're seen as these pillars, you know, these mighty men that when it comes down to it, you know, when we need somebody to lean on and lean some, uh, need somebody to, to help support us, we don't know how to ask for help, you know? And then plus we already come into the situation. When we come back home, we're not prepared to deal with society the way it is because we're not taught how to do that. You know, we missed all the, the things that regular people did, you know, while we were in the military and then we're put into this world that we don't understand and with people that don't understand us. And so then we're isolated. And isolation is one of the things, one of the things that'll kill you. Where can veterans go ask for help? Where's the best place you recommend? Um, 
your local your local VA, you know. I mean, a lot of the, they they put this there's a lot of stuff in the media about like, you know, how fucked up veterans hospitals are and you know this place and like yeah, the shit is fucked up, but it's the best place to go. And you've got those facilities. For you know, the, it's the mm -hmm. it's the best. Or um, the American Legion, um, veterans of foreign wars, like VFW posts, American Legions, Elk Lodges, all these places where veterans gather. Like, cause the the best place to go, the best place to go to get help, is another veteran. You know, especially another veteran that has been through what you've been through, and has out the other side. So you can go to these places and they'll point you in the right direction, who to talk to, you know, how to get the help you need, um, how to get off the streets, how to get housing, how to live someplace. Because I live in a pretty, like, you know what I'm saying? I got my own, I got my own place, like my own room with a key, you know, a TV, PlayStation 4, a shower, a bathroom, you know. I live better than most comics. <laughs> <laughs> So, Eva, like you're amazing. I I have to say, like I love knowing you, and I and I've had so much fun hanging out with you. Like, you're so funny, and you're so brave, and you're such a good person, oh, and you. it's such an honor. I hope you'll come back and and we can hang out more on and talk more because I just find you so fascinating. And also, this was like super interesting, and you're so funny. That's oh, the other thing. Where you. where can people? find you online maybe there's somebody out there too that oh who yes. might need some help yes you can find me online at ibo comedy on youtube that's my that's my channel feel free to subscribe to that um i'm going to start posting i just shot another sketches what i do on there is i put sketches up i put clips of my stand-up and i'm starting a new vlog i think that's what it is a vlog a vlog is that where you beat yourself? A video blog. No, yeah, video <laughs> blog. Vlog, yes. A yes. vlog. Yes. Yeah. It's called Fears. Fears. We talk about things? Yeah, I talk about shit I'm afraid of. Hmm. Like different things. There'll be a theme of things I'm afraid of. Because I'm afraid of a lot of things because I have a lot of anxiety. <laughs> Imagine that. Why would you have anxiety? Jesus. Who knew? Yep. It's a, I, you know... Your story is amazing. Crazy, amazing. I feel like we just broke the ice, so yeah, I know. Gotta definitely have you come back. I know. Oh yeah. No, sure. no, we will. We'll, and I, um, I've I've spent hours in talking with you, and I yeah. always it's always an honor. And you're so interesting. I'm absolutely down to come back. I live in a shelter. Shit, I <laughs> come up to the hills anytime. Come here, come here. I'll, I'll come hang out with me anytime. Yeah. Oh, I'm so in because we mm -hmm. we been trying to hang out and then you disappeared and that broke no but yeah i'm not i'm not doing drugs anymore so i won't disappear i'm here well, now you know what if you do happen to do some crack my kids are almost like on that level yeah <laughs> of yeah. just like without the without actually taking crack i and think they the could relate i'll tell you one thing before before we go i know it's we're wrapping up um that's the thing um when crack is flowing crackheads are some of the most funny and hilarious and entertaining people I've ever met in my life. It's just when crack starts to run out, that's when you get into the lying, the, the danger, when people start shooting at each other and, and people start robbing each other. But man, I lived in this, I was staying in this alley for two days and uh, they had a karaoke machine. Um, they had a full <laughs> kitchen with a pantry in an alley, you know? They had a living room. You know, people had their own room, like tent. This is my drug dealer. 
he was like, yo, I got you some wood so you could set up your tent off the, because what they would do, they set the tent up <laughs> on a wood pallet. And so they were preparing for me to live in the alley. And I'm like, yeah, I really need to get the fuck out of here. I'm a part of this alley culture now. They're trying to make you a permanent resident. You're being One a host. Of the things that we got an address you. for you. All your yeah. mail is going to be coming to yeah. your pallet. He's like, man, if you go up to the, the post office, you can get a P.O. box down there. No, one of the, another thing that didn't make me fit in was this. Yeah. These things right here. Yeah. And oh, I yeah. felt like I was being a dick one time. I'd been smoking. Because <laughs> I would say I went to sleep and woke up, but you don't do that when you smoke crack. Um, the morning came, and I felt like I had to do morning things, like brush my teeth. So I'm in the alley, and I'm brushing my teeth, you know, and I'm looking around, and everybody's looking at me like, you motherfucker, oh, you just gonna flaunt them shit. You just gonna, you just gonna, dr- I saw you eating jerky early, motherfucker. You just gonna shit. rub it in, you, you just got gonna rub it in, you all, oh, you on the back, you got molars, huh? You got molars, you ain't about the toothbrush. Shit. <laughs> oh my god, hilarious. That's yeah. so sad and funny, and you, you, are you talking about it on stage? Yeah, okay, yeah, sometimes. It's hard, you know, because I don't want people to get the wrong idea. You know, because, you know, it's a, like I said, you know, it's like, you know, you get, you know, people know that you've been there and, you know, so many people relapse and go back out and do this thing. And I don't want people to think that they can't depend on me or don't want to work with me. It's like, oh, you know, he was a crackhead. He'll steal your shit. I'm like, well, I haven't stole your shit, have I? <laughs> oh, I did. Oh, when? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you probably should. <laughs> I understand your lack of trust. <laughs> but, I mean... <laughs> yeah, uh, I just don't, you know, it's just, it's it's a part of my life. I've been through it, you know. Um, I work every day so it doesn't happen again. Um, I try to do something every day positive, you know. I pray, I meditate, you know. I work with other people that have problems with substances. And I try to be a, I try to wake up every day and do something positive for the world. And if not, another person, you know. I try to be... Uh, I try to left. I try to leave the world a better place than I left it that day at the beginning of the day, and you know, so it's just a day by day process. You know, you ever, you ever think about going back to your hometown and giving that speech to the the one brother that's still there, just to inspire, <laughs> you know, give back a little bit, give back to you your one brother. You don't have to live like this, brother. <laughs> brother, can no. I talk to you one second? Y'all, 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 wife, y'all continue to talk amongst yourself. <laughs> I came back to pay back to this one brother. No, dude, my town, leave. my town is all black, man. Like, is it's it? not. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't invade it. I was a, I was a harbinger of niggas. They flipped it. <laughs> it's like, it's like our, our football team looks all chocolatey now. Oh God, you, know yeah, you moved in and all the way people yeah. moved out. Jesus, so fucked up. Yeah. Oh my God, Ebo, thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. Guys, follow Ebo. Ebo. Yes. Um, you can follow me on yeah, uh, Facebook. Um. Instagram at Ebo Comedy at Ebo Comedy IBO Comedy everything's IBO Comedy and please subscribe subscribe to my YouTube page it's a lot of fun I got like clips on there Um, so that's Ebo Comedy as well it's IBO space comedy Ebo Comedy so subscribe check me out awesome thank you you. and we got Uncle Tio's Uncle Tio's Comedy Twitter and got the pod brother Pod Brother is in the house. Uh, you can get me at podbrother.com or you can get me at uh, stickwiththepodbrother.com and on Instagram, just podbrother. And we have Vincent Van Great who made all the music for the podcast, so be sure to look him up because he's awesome. I'm Lana Turner. Thank you guys so much for.
for listening and uh, subscribe. Come back, tell 10 people. Thank you.